Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of George Costanza's favorite football podcast. What? And I'm joined once again by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? Spectacular. Awesome. Stellar. Awesome. Incredible. Really good. I'm happy for you. Almost as good as George Stanza. George Costanza, actually. Yeah, you wouldn't know because you don't watch Seinfeld. Oh, like, I love that. Like I is that do. the one with the guy with uh, Ray Romano and... Uh... Nope, that's Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, man. Good. You've been watching Seinfeld lately? Yeah, well, my wife's been watching it and I'll watch it in the background sometimes. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. First season I watched it, I was like, what is the hype about this? <laughs> Seemed kind of okay. not that good. Yeah. Second season. All right. I can see it. Pretty good, it's eh? It's pretty funny. It's yeah. pretty funny. All I just right. discovered this show. You just discovered it now. Yeah, when Seinf- did it come out? Uh, I don't know, but I just don't think a lot of people know about Seinfeld. No, man, just like yeah. just like my uh, my favorite show, Friends. Yeah, your friends. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld like, and Friends. Yeah, two shows that like not a lot of people talk about. Yeah, also yeah. Um, The Office. Yes, not a lot of people talk about The Office. Speaking really of The cool. Office, have you um have you seen uh that you know Rick you know The Office UK yeah um the guy David Brent who's the Michael Scott of the Office UK. Okay. They made a spin-off movie about him or he made a spin-off Ricky Gervais mo- made a spin-off movie about David Brent where he's in a band. No. <laughs> and he goes on tour in in the UK. I did not know that. It's really funny. Is it? It's awesome. Really? So it's like a spin-off of The Office of of him, just him like of his him, after, his character from The Office. Yeah, after the, after their show aired, after the one season. Oh, that's kind of fun. It is actually really cool. We watched it the other night. That's I didn't watch the whole thing because I fell asleep and had a two-hour nap before UFC. Nice, dude. That's but, a good uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the we've been watching UFC lately. We don't watch UFC. The great thing about UFC is that it airs in the latest time of the whole day. Yeah, yeah. It starts at ten o'clock yeah. at night. And as a, as two adults with. Children, yeah, we each have one. One, but everybody one else, th- almost everybody else there has children too. Yeah, I don't understand how they do it. Yeah, I'm me neither. Exhausted. Honestly, yeah, I got there. I was almost not gonna go because I was already tired. <laughs> I go there and I love UFC. I can genuinely say I love it. It's so fun to watch, but I just cannot. I just I was dozing off by the final fight. Mm. I, I think really you liked. definitely need to have a nap before you go. Yeah, I should have. I because I I actually felt really good the whole time. Until right at the end, and I was like, "Wow, now I I feel I could feel good going to sleep now." Yeah, you know. Yeah, I just there's always a certain point of UFC where I'm like, "This is really good. The UFC's fun," but I would also be totally good to go home. Like I'm really looking forward yeah. to sleeping. Yeah, like, that part excites me. How you know? yeah? How do you feel like if you're at a party like that, taking? You know, this is something that I I'm very insecure about. Um, taking the last of something that is there. Food or drink. Yeah. Taking the last of something the when you know you have already, you've already had some. <laughs> That's how you do it yesterday with the Pepsi. Don't think I didn't see that. Yeah, I did do it with... This is not yesterday. Saturday night. Excuse me. I did take the last of the Pepsi. Uh, however, I got there a lot later than everybody else. You guys had already been there for what? Two hours? Almost, yeah. Two hours or something. Or no, maybe like an hour. You guys have been Probably there an hour, hour and a half. for a while. I showed up. The fights had already started. The prelim, so, the prelim. Yeah, fights. the prelims had, had start. No, not even the prelims. They were on. I think we were on. It was on the main card already. No, maybe not. 
No. I don't know. Whatever. So I show up. You guys had already eaten. So I come. I start eating pizza. Because nobody else is eating at this point. It's just me. So I eat the pizza yeah. and I finish off the Pepsi and I didn't feel that bad about it. Really? Yeah. But if like everybody was still eating and I, then I would, I would, you know. You'd wait? I'd take a but second. But then somebody's going to have to. Yeah. And it's usually you. Do you think that's socially acceptable to do that? To be that person? Well, somebody like, has, what do you, somebody what do you think has of to other, do it. What do you think about other people that do You're that? You're telling me in every situation where there's something... There's always one person that's socially unacceptable just because they took the last piece. I don't that's think what so. that's what I'm really thinking. I don't think so. Hmm. Think well, so. like one time I was I was hanging out. This is way back when I was younger. I was a kid, and um, we had somebody over. My little brother had a friend over, and we had pizza. And everybody had pizza. I came up a little late because it was not like a formal dinner. It was just pizza. Mm-hmm. I came up a little late. I had had one piece of pizza. That's or maybe two pizzas. And my brother and his friend each had had three already. And my brother's friend was on his third piece, had taken a few bites of it, and there was one piece left, and he took that piece and then took a bite of that and then had two pieces. That is awful. That's terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Absolutely terrible, I was not your brother's friend. No, 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 my younger brother. Okay, all right. That is unreal. Yeah, like that is some next level, like I was like- And especially he's younger than you. Seriously shocked. I would take him to the ground. (laughs) I know. And he had twice as much pizza as me, and you know now I'm out of yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, that that's not okay. Yeah. Who was this person? Do I know this person? Um, yes, you do. And okay, but I'm not gonna say. You're gonna say the person? No, I'm not gonna say the person. You're gonna just bleep it out. Okay, fine. It was. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we're like really young though, so he's okay. probably better now. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that he's improved because that's, yeah. yeah, that's not an okay thing to do. Yeah. I was so mad. Like I almost, I almost called him out and I'm not a very confrontational person. <laughs> okay. I almost thought about potentially maybe calling him out for doing that. Yeah. yeah. So. No, though, that's a different story. Like that's, so the other day, your brother, um, your, your other brother, not the one that we were just talking My about. My older, yeah. Your older brother. Um, me and him, you know, we grew up good friends. Um, and I was friends with him before you. Um, and like we're good buddies. You know, I've always known he's an incredible eater, like <laughs> oh, yeah. just outrageous. Yeah, this is kind of taking. He is a, he's a vacuum cleaner. He is a vacuum cleaner of a man. The other day we were playing some poker. Um, your brother was there. Mm-hmm. Joel was there. Rudy, who's also been on this podcast, yeah. was there. We were just hanging out, playing some poker, having some fun. Uh, we ordered pizza. And um, we start eating, and your brother finished his third slice of pizza. Finished his third slice of pizza before we were done our before first. Before we were done our first. Yeah, that was insane, unbelievable. Like, and then we, I stopped for a second at that point to watch him eat. Yeah, and it is terrifying. His his first bite of pizza, and he, I know pizza tapers, so you know you're eating more as you're eating the eating the piece. Yes. His first bite was over half the piece of pizza. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just half the piece. It's insane. He eats like it's going out of style. Yeah. He eats like he doesn't know where his next meal will come (laughs) from. Or if he's going to get it, you know, like... And we can say whatever we want about him on this podcast because we know he doesn't we know he's never going to listen. Not even a chance. I know he's never listened to a single episode. Yeah. And that's okay because he's going to choke on pizza one day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's... That's crazy. I just yeah. I don't know that I had nothing really to do with the last piece thing. I just was thinking about how was fast that? of an eater. Because I know he had a he had like six pieces of pizza that night. Yeah, we had like two or three. I had like three. Yeah, he had six. 
And I definitely wanted more at the yeah. end of that. <laughs> yeah. So that he's also a jerk for that. Uh, I will not lie. I was probably a little hungry. And yeah. like, I think like we each had like three. I think like Rudy had like two. Yeah. And then like. But yeah. Rudy was also fasting. Yeah. And then Joel didn't have a whole. Like, he had a lot. Joel had, f- I think, four or five okay, as well. Okay. So Joel pegged out. Too. Joel, yeah. So basically we were the victims of that. Yeah, we situation. were. Yeah. Because Rudy didn't really care. Yeah. But we were kind of, I guess we just. I think that also says something about our character. We have patience. We have we have self control, if yeah. you will. You know, and yeah. well, it's like, I think we're better better people for that. I used to be a very fast eater as well, but then I met yeah, your brother, and now I realize I'm not really a fast eater. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's like the food's not going anywhere. I think a, a lot of people are like concerned with cold yeah. food too. I never, I know, and I know, I I razz you so that you don't ever warm your food up in the microwave. That's mm. a different story than what I'm about to say. So before you start, try to bring that up. Okay. My wife is super staunch on food getting cold. Like if she makes food and then we don't eat it like immediately after it's done, she like makes a big, like it's a big deal for her. Like she's like, it's going to get cold. <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't get cold that fast. Yeah. And even if it does, it's not going to be ice cold. Yeah. Like, you can still eat it if it's like warm, mm-hmm. but it's like, a big deal for her and I think her family I think it's like a thing and you know it's just like mm. can't eat it cold like we have to quickly go yeah and sometimes we'll, she'll you have she'll, to eat it off the stove yeah. like oh, you know if she's making like a quesadilla or something she'll make me mine and then she'll be like here you eat this and I'll like I'll just wait for you to get for you to, for yours to be done and then we'll she's like no yours is gonna get cold like, it's not gonna be that it's mine how, <laughs> how long is it gonna take you to make this quesadilla yeah is, is it gonna be a couple hours yeah yeah Honey, I love you, but it's not going to get that cold. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, my wife's uh, honestly the opposite. Really? Yeah. Your wife lets things get too cold? Yeah. No, I'm just, that was actually a joke. I was trying to bring it somewhere, but it it, okay. could, it didn't go. Yeah. Another socially unacceptable thing, I think, is people taking their shoes off in public. <laughs> in, yeah. Like, in places, taking their shoes off for something like, to like, or you, like especially their socks. If you're in a public place... And like, do not take your socks off. I've realized, and I've recently met a person who's barefoot almost every time I see them. Um, and I don't know, maybe this person will, I don't don't think they'll listen to this, but if if they do, it's (laughs) fine. Whatever. It's not a big deal. I've realized now that I find it off putting when somebody's barefoot often, Mm. when you're like a grown, when you're grown. When you're grown, yeah, and yeah, you're like, can you name this person? I'll just no, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna bleep it out. Well, it's just you don't even know this person. So okay, well, I'll bleep, I'll bleep it out. Okay, his name is... All right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. 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 Nice, nice person. Like this person. Honestly, really one of the friendliest persons. Almost every time I see them, barefoot. And it's become like a like a joke between me and my wife every time. And it's quite funny, actually. But it's like, I didn't realize up until then, then like that... Like, it's not a big deal, but it's just like... Immediately, I'm like... You know, something about you is off to me if you're always yeah. barefoot. Like Also, a- I don't necessarily, I don't see the appeal in, and you might think about this and you might actually disagree with me entirely. I don't love just walking around my house without clothes on. No, I hate that People as like, well. oh, in my own home, I can be like, I don't love it. No. I, I really am not into it that much. Yeah, being, like, people are like, oh, I can't wait to get my own home or, like, be married with my, and then we can just walk around naked. Like, you won't. Well, you won't. You will not. Unless, maybe, some yeah, people. Yeah, okay, yeah. Some people, maybe. That. 
But I, yeah, I agree. Like walking, like being naked, walking around your house, being naked is honestly not that fun. <laughs> There's one fun thing, really fun thing you can do while being naked. But yeah. other than that, other than that, it's a very vulnerable state yeah, to it's be. Very, yeah, you don't feel unless you're That's like. That's why a, the show is called Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Because if you're not, if you're, <laughs> if you're naked, you're instantly afraid. <laughs> instantly afraid. They go hand in hand. Unless okay? you're maybe like a, uh, you have a hot bod. But yeah, I can't relate. Yeah, if you're anything like me, yeah, it's just like. It's a but even then, I feel like it's not like the upper body that like like I can walk around with without a shirt on. That's yeah. a different story. Well, but it's just being. I'm insecure with my job. Even, so. but even that, like, it's just kind of like cold, and it's just like yeah, we have clothes, you yeah. know, and it's just like I don't know. It just feels weird to be naked, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And maybe that's just honestly because we live in a society. We And we do. And the more to think about it, you know, we live in a society. It is a society after and, all. Well, yeah. and until we, and until the day where we we don't live in a society, it's, you know, things like that are not going to be normal. Yeah. You know, we have to normalize. We have to normalize not like living in a society. Speaking yeah. of normalizing things. Yeah. I have a thing. I have a thing. And this is, this could get really controversial. Okay. And I fear that what this will make me look like. Like me, culture me saying, controversial as in we could no, like like no. old like digging up old Twitter. No, it's not going to be something that will get us canceled. Okay, it's something that could make me look, make me seem, make people think less of me. Okay, so I'm going out on a limb and I'm saying this. I think that we should normalize and ha- and and just hear me out before you before you judge me. We should normalize picking your nose. Oh, hundred percent. Thank you. Absolutely, like, 100%. Okay, and I want to say, like, yep. I think the grossest, like, don't normalize, like, picking your nose and, like, eating it or or rubbing <laughs> it on something or, like, yes. that part. No, let's not do that. But I feel like if you have something in your nose. You cannot just have that yeah. there. And I've done it. Like, I've gone to the point at work where, listen, if I got, like, if I got something in my nose, if there's, a you know, a booger in my nose, mm-hmm. I'll just get it out. But <laughs> I, it, why it. is that a thing that people, well, you need to be ashamed of? I don't. I don't really know. I. I. I think that it's wow. You know, that's that's a. You really got me with that one. That's good. Thank you. Usually, usually I've been I, thinking about this a lot lately. Really, I. I will not. But I still. I don't just. I usually go to the bathroom to do it. Yeah. I um, almost always. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to have to hide. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to. You're sick of hiding. You're 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 saying you're tired of being in the closet. Yeah, not. Yeah, that. that's, that's what not you're saying. Really, what you I was wanna, saying. You no, want to come out of the closet? No, with this. that's not what I was saying. I was saying I don't want to have to be ashamed. Mm. We all get stuff in our nose. Yeah. Just take, and but, it doesn't. It like let, okay, and let's not make it okay. a long thing where your fingers in your nose for thirty seconds. No, I'm not. If, if it's there, if you're going just knuckle. Do, no, no, no knuckle deep. That is uh, like if you're gonna do that, you go into the bathroom, washroom, Kleenex, yeah. and you got it. But, but if there's something in your nose, and you can just do a quick gonna, little boom, just like a little, little yeah. like this, and then you can throw in the garbage, or you know, if you're outside, yeah. you know, get rid of it. Yeah, it's like we don't gotta make a big deal about it. Yeah. And listen, now if I see people, you know, with their finger in their nose for extended periods of time mm-hmm. and it's a and if, if that's you, where i draw the line if it's like a comfort thing or like a habit habitual thing that you're doing that then it's yeah. like different think but. of it as kissing in public okay think of it this way you know if hey, you're, uh, you're you drop your wife off yeah at the mall or something she's gonna go shopping give her a little peck hey, here love you sweetie mm-hmm. see you later that's great that's fine there's mm-hmm. literally nothing wrong with that if you do a full-on makeout in the middle of a public thing mm. Don't do that. Yeah, don't that's do that. Just, that's just rude. That, that, yeah, that's that how I feel be. it should be with picking your nose. 
Yeah. If it's just a quick little peck, you know, just a little, you know, we're just yeah. going to hear. I just got quick something little. here. Yeah. Can you get it out? Yeah. So I make a big deal about it. But if you're, I mean, anything longer than than five seconds. Yeah. Too long. That, yeah. that is too long. Then you need to go privately. And yeah. And you need to take care of that. Yeah. That's like, uh, that was, sorry, that was really loud probably. Why? No, that's good. Okay. I'm just moving my notebook. Yeah, but, but uh, we are probably discussing. People think we're gross now. But you know what? You know what? No, no, no. No, no. Absolutely not. We cannot live like this any longer. No. It needs to be normalized. It needs to be. People cannot be ashamed anymore yes. for, for doing things like that. You know that some people think it's very unacceptable to have a toothpick in your mouth and stuff in public? Yeah, I don't what want do to. It's that? not a person I would ever want to spend time with. What do, people, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's not a person. Like, no, the person that hates toothpicks. Like, the oh. person that, it's like, if you, I mean, what are you doing, dude? There's like things you could be passionate about that would matter. Yeah. You know? And it's like people, I don't know. For the most part, leave people alone in public. Yeah. You know, I just had a run in at the grocery store. I won't get into what happened, but some mm. guy was yelling at some other guy. And I essentially said to this guy, hey, man, don't yell at people in a grocery store. And that did not make him happy. <laughs> and I once again reiterated, hey, don't yell at people in a grocery store. And just, you know, everybody mind your own business. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, mind and, your own business. And don't don't get this mistaken. I You're nothing special. People are like, oh, what if there's something horrible going on? Or like if something's not right going on and I'm trying to... Sure, in that sense, you know, do something great. Almost never that happens. So yeah. that's almost never a situation where you got to step in and be the hero. Yes. That's so don't very try to true. act like the hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even really know where I'm going anymore. Yeah. Like there have been times where I know, like I think there have been times in high school where I've seen people actually being bullied where yeah. I should have stepped in. Yeah. I should have done something. But that in your adult life, I think in your, if you're in public, that's not, does not happen very often. Yeah. It's like for the most part, Everybody just wants to mind their own business. Yeah. Don't, I don't know, just don't, don't, like, I just feel like. You have nothing, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Thank you, Joe. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. So, basically, I think that's going to wrap up our intro. I think we've, sure. I think we've gone long. Sure. But let's, 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 you know, recap what we've talked about. We've talked about, um, jo- um George Costanza. Costanza. Uh, um, Seltzer. Not seltzer, no. We talked about uh, eating fast and taking the last slice. Yep, Un- Do- unacceptable. D- unacceptable to take the last slice? Be considerate. Okay. Well, be, there's context involved here, though. You know? Yeah. I bet somebody has to take the last slice. Yes, but yes. Okay. But and don't be selfish about it. We talked about normalizing. Just let people pick their nose. If, if it's just a little thing. Let's not make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. We're adults here. Yep. There's something in my nose. It's better than me walking around with something in my nose. Yes. And you can see up there. Yeah. Like I'm a tall man. Yeah. People. Some people can I see. Always up. can see in your yeah, nose. Yeah. People can see up in my nostril. I gotta get that thing cleared out if I don't want to embarrass myself. What if I'm at yeah. a job interview later? Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Joe, this was fun. Thanks, man. Appreciate good that. Talk. Uh, we got more good talks coming up. We're gonna talk a little football. With Mike, it's going to be a good time recapping week 14 of the 2021 NFL That means there's only three more weeks left. Uh, Four weeks. Four weeks left. They added another week with a new team involved. No new teams. Nope, just a new week. Stay in touch, guys, and uh, (laughs) 
stay, stay, in stay tuned for the next All right. part of the show. Yep, they will. Uh, uh, they don't have the gift. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Keep listening to the show, and we'll get Mike on, and then we'll do football. All right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. And we're back. Mike's back on the podcast. Uh, had the week off. Had a little vacation time. You know how it is. Week 14 is in the books. Uh, uh, now that you're listening to this episode, as of right now, for us, not in the books, the Monday Night Football game is going on bef- between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. But if you're listening to this, we've made it through 14 weeks of the NFL season. Still a ton of chaos. Still a ton of unanswered questions. But your boy Mike's back. I'm back. We're here to discuss all things and explain things to you know to those of you that might be confused like we are. Mike, how's how, how's it going? How how was your week off? How was how are you doing today, Joe? You know it, it's been refreshing. I'm um, glad to be back though. Glad to get on here and talk some football. You know it's been a, it's been a while since I have. Um, but yeah, a lot of exciting thing in the works, if you know what I mean. Um, hopefully, yes, hopefully we get to share that exciting stuff here in the future um absolutely yeah. no i'm pumped it, it was nice to have some time off and um you know have a little bye week myself but yeah no i'm ready to be <laughs> back i'm ready to to dive into this crazy season we have as we were literally just talking about the amount of teams still in the playoff race is nuts yep, yep it is crazy and and mike it's been if my calculations are correct it's been Six weeks since either one of our teams has lost. That that streak got extended this week because obviously both of our teams were on bye. So, you know, nothing wrong with not losing during a week. But it's been six weeks since we've had to worry about a team losing. Yeah, Joe, that's right. I mean, and like I was telling you uh, before we started recording, even though our teams were on the bye week, we got the win from getting the week off. And we got a win with the Buffalo Bills losing because that helps both of our teams out. Absolutely. And, you know, it was just a good week. You know, it was just, it was good, good all the way around. I enjoyed every second of it. It was a good week and there were some good games. And why don't we start by talking about some of those games? We won't get into every game because we're getting to the point of the season where, listen, I'm not going to lie, there's some games that really, really don't matter all that much. Like the Titans beating the Texans 20 to nothing. The Titans will matter in the future. I don't think this game will matter in the future. So yeah. we don't need to talk about games like that. Saints there are and also Jets. some games that there yeah, exactly. Saints and Jets, you know, doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but there are some games that really mattered this week. So we're going to get into some of those games and Mike, where do you want to start things off? I'll let you do the honor since since you're back on the podcast. Love it, Joe. Love it, Joe. Well, um I'd be down to start with the the Cleveland Browns Baltimore Ravens game. Don't know if you watched much of that game, but Honestly, in my opinion, it was the score was a lot closer than the game seemed. Um, Cleveland had the advantage for I would say about three quarters of football. Um, I believe after three quarters, it was twenty-four to nine. And honestly, Cleveland, all they needed to do is put one drive together, and it would have just completely taken the Ravens out, taken all the life out. You know, Lamar Jackson got hurt in this game. What yep. is what is the future of this season at least look like for the Ravens with all the injuries they keep piling on? Yep, this was a chaotic game. The Browns really had control of the game, like you said, for the entire game. Uh, and then they were so close to blowing this game at the end. The Ravens recovered an onside kick, 
And it looks like they're going to go down the field with Tyler Huntley, who honestly, you know, he played okay in this game. He still made some mistakes. His awareness is not all the way there as a as a as a quarterback. He's constantly getting hit from behind and fumbling the ball and like not. It seems like he's not aware of where he is on the field half the time. But kind he played all a, right. Kind of like Chase Claypool, just not being aware of uh, what's going on. <laughs> kind of like Chase Claypool. Oh man, don't even get me started on Chase Claypool. Uh, sorry that he represents Canadians in the NFL. I'm sorry about that. But uh, no, Tyler Huntley. He honestly played all right. Um, but the Browns, the Browns played played really well in this game. I think this was a big win, and obviously Lamar Jackson being out was was a huge aspect of this game, and was a huge reason why the Ravens lost this game. And John Harbaugh, I think, I believe he said today, uh, Monday, as we're recording this, he expects um, Lamar Jackson to play against Green Bay this week. Hopefully, he can play. John Harbaugh said it was a sprained ankle that he received, so hopefully, it's not too too bad. The Ravens have just been absolutely decimated with injuries this season. I mean, they have, I think, by far the most injuries, most guys on injured reserve. And I think it's it's really starting to really take a toll on this team. And it's just, they don't have the bodies to to win games like this. They don't have the bodies to keep winning. And even though they've they've won some games that they shouldn't win, I don't know how much longer, Mike, I don't know how much longer they can they can keep that up. Joe, to be honest, I'm looking at their schedule right now. And with Lamar being injured, even if he comes back, he's not going to be 100% healthy. They get the Packers, and then they get Cincinnati, a division game, and then L.A., like the Rams, and then Pittsburgh to close out the season. I mean, that's a hard stretch of football games if I've ever seen one, especially for a team with the amount of injuries and a team that's been playing pretty bad over their last five weeks. Like, they have not put up, besides this week, they have not put up more than um, 19 points, and um, most of those games is 10 to 15 points, so... That's just an offense that is struggling right now. But, I mean, on the other side of the ball, you got the Browns winning. And I think um, Ravens are pretenders this year. Browns are contenders. And they could still win the division. I believe they're only like a game behind. And, you know, they played pretty well this game just besides the fact they couldn't close the game um, very well. They managed to sneak it in there. But, you know, their upcoming schedule, they got Las Vegas, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. So, pretty, also a pretty difficult uh, schedule remaining. But... If if Baker can hold on, maybe they squeak out a playoff berth and maybe take the division. You never know because that division's up for grabs. Yeah, and you talked about like the things that are stacked against the Ravens and how they have a tough schedule coming up. And I think another thing stacked against them is the fact that their division is so competitive. I mean, they have nobody can separate in that division. I think they're all within a game of each other in that division. So it's it's, you know, the other teams are not going away. Ravens cannot afford to drop many more games like this. And the Browns, I think, have a, a real legitimate shot to to take a big stand, to take a big step in this division. The Bengals picked up a bit. Uh, oh, sorry, no, they did not pick up a big win. They, they lost this week. But they're a team that's that's won a few big games lately. Um, they're right there in that division race. And even the Steelers. The Steelers lost this week, but they're they're far from out of it. And it's, it's, it's going to be tough sledding, I think, for a lot of these teams. Uh, in the AFC North, um, but a big win for the Cleveland Browns. And although Baker Mayfield still doesn't look 100% healthy, I think that you know he you know he did just enough in this game. And who knows? Who knows? One thing I want to add yet before we move on, like I've heard a lot of talk about is Baker the future of the Browns? Or do they need to give him a contract? I think absolutely. The man's playing with an entirely um, stitched together body at the moment, and yet he's going to have to have surgery in the off season. 
and they're still they got seven wins and they're looking like they can make a run in the playoffs and you're going to tell me that a guy playing through this many injuries throughout the season playing hard not giving up you're not going to give him a contract that's just ridiculous he is the face of the cleveland browns right now him and miles garrett are like the two that you have to keep on that team and if, if you want to continue to make these playoff runs that's curious. I I'm, I actually would like to like so you're down to give him like like how big of a contract? You want to give him like an elite quarterback contract if you're the Browns, you want to give him like a 45 million dollar contract per year? Um I don't know if I'd go that. But like I think at the beginning of the year, you know, his stock was high. He gets hurt, of course that drops. So I wouldn't go elite level um contract like Dak Prescott um but I would say pay the man, give him a well-deserved contract um and you know see where it takes you the next three four seasons i think he's played well enough to deserve a contract i mean last year they're one play away from going to the championship game i think they got cheated out of going to the championship game but you know this year they're still seven and six can eat their their one game back in the division so i think they can easily get to the playoffs if not still win the division I don't see why you don't pay uh, pay Baker. Um, I mean, there's so much hate around Baker that I don't understand. He works hard. He plays hard. Um, and he's a he's a talented player. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a GM. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I get... I I think, in my opinion, I would... If anything, I would go the, the franchise tag route. Just give him a franchise tag next year. See what he can do. I, to me... I don't know if I've seen enough, and I like Baker Mayfield. I've always been a Baker Mayfield fan. Uh, from you know, really the, the second I started this podcast, I was I was saying how I was ready for Baker Mayfield to become like a superstar. I really like him. I don't know if he's done quite enough, and I understand the injuries have been a big hindrance, and him battling through these those injuries is is a big deal. That's not nothing, but I think, you know, five years ago, do you give him a contract? Maybe, but. Lately, with with the amount of veteran quarterbacks, really good veteran quarterbacks that are available year in and year out, it seems like. I mean, last year, you know, or a couple years ago, we saw Tom Brady on the open market, and now this upcoming offseason, we could see, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, guys like that available. If I'm the Browns and I have a legitimate like chance to get one of those guys, I don't know if I'm going to pay Baker Mayfield. You know, if if you add Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Deshaun Watson, if he can ever get whatever is going on, you know, all that legal situation figured out, if you can add one of those guys, I think they take you to a whole nother level that Baker can't get you to. You know, that's a good point, Joe. Um, I did like your your point on the franchise tag. That's a that's a great option too. Um, I do not see Russ leaving Seattle. I think that Pete Carroll's done after this season. I think they're gonna find a new head coach. All, all Seattle needs is one or two pieces, and they can still be a competitive team. I mean, they've won, I believe, their last two games. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but um, you know, they've. I, I think they're they're one or two pieces away from being a competitive team. I don't see Russ leaving. He said multiple times he wants to finish his career in Seattle, but you never know. Also, I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. Everything he said this last off season, you know, how do you think? And he was gone. He wasn't going to play it down. You know, for the Packers again. Only for him to come out and say, you know, it's just you know the media bonding you know false stories i don't know um i feel like he might stay in green bay um so that would leave deshaun you know deshaun watson and i don't know if cleveland's been in touch with deshaun much i know um carolina and miami have so i don't know but you know at the end of the day it's gonna be a fun scenario to see how that all plays out i think baker deserves a contract 
Um, not like I said, not an elite level contract, but I think he deserves to get paid or franchise tagged. I think both are fair plays. Um, but I don't know if the Browns are going to go out and try to find somebody on the market. It'll definitely be an interesting storyline to, you know, to cross when we get there. We can cross that bridge when we get there. Obviously, we still have real NFL in-season stuff to talk about. And real quick before we move on to the next game, I do want to say Miles Garrett has been absolutely unbelievable this year. He's a guy who, you know, he has a real shot to win Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if you saw his play in this game where he forced the fumble, picked the fumble up, and then took it back for a touchdown. That it was one of the most incredible plays you'll ever see. And I think him and and TJ Watt and I think Mark Micah Parsons, honestly, too. Those those are the three guys for me that they're they're the they're the top three defensive player of the year candidates this upcoming uh season. I think it'll be interesting to see who, who separates. I think all three of them are so special. Uh, but I think Miles Garrett definitely needs to get some attention. I just wanted to say his name, say how awesome he was, because he really deserves it. But moving on to the next game, why don't we meet why don't we talk a little bit about a, a big game ended up being a really entertaining game down the stretch. The Buffalo Bills going into Tampa Bay and playing against the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they dropped to the Buccaneers 33-27 to in an overtime game. Uh, Mike, what was some of your big takeaways from this game? Um, one, Bucks looked dominant in the first three quarters of this game. Um, scores 24-10. And I did not see the Bills doing anything. I was like, wow, you know, Belichick just destroyed a franchise. Decided to run all over them um, the <laughs> week prior. And then what do the Bills do? Their first, I think, like 16 or 20 plays. Nothing but throw, like pass plays. I don't think they had a single rushing attempt in the first half. So the Bills tried to do what the Patriots said, just the opposite. And it failed miserably. <laughs> um, and it looked like the Bucks defense just kind of gave up in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, allowed the Bills to make a comeback. And, you know, when I turned uh, this game back on, I saw how close it was with, like, the final two minutes left. I was like, wow. Like, how does that even happen? Um, but, no, all in all, it's a very ent- entertaining game. Um, I will say the refs were pretty bad there down the stretch. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, the no P.I. call on Stefan Diggs, but then a P.I. call on Mike Evans um, literally, like, four plays later. So I yep. mean I'm all in for letting the the players battle it out, but you got to You got to call a fair game. Um, yeah. So I, I agree mean, with that. Go ahead. One hundred percent. I I we want to be fair. Obviously, we as you're a Patriots fan, I'm a Dolphins fan. We obviously selfishly like to see the Bills lose, but I did think the, the some of the refing there down the stretch was was not good, and I do feel bad for Bills fans in that sense. I don't I don't think that was fair on either side, but yeah, the refing was was a problem late in that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a Bills fan, if that's what you're going to be mad about, you should also be mad about the way your team played the first, like, two and a half, three quarters. Absolutely. Um, If you're going to say that's what cost you the game, no, it's the fact that you didn't do anything for, um, I don't know, 45 minutes of football. So that definitely didn't, like, lose them the game. But, you know, as the rest need, the rest just need to call fair games. I know it's hard and they're, they're people they make mistakes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Tom Brady got a 700 touchdown pass, only player in NFL history to do so. Um, as the Bucks yeah. win, you know, it was a very tight game. It was a very fun game. Um, but yeah, no, Bills losing helps both of our teams out. So that that's a plus for sure. Um, what do you, uh, what do you take away from this one? Well, like you, you talked about Tom Brady getting 700 touchdown passes. That was a big milestone. He also became the all time NFL leader in completions, that's passing right. Drew Brees 
in this game with 7,156 all-time completions. Uh, Tom Brady continues to, I mean, he's going to have every single record in the book when he retires because uh, he just will never retire. But Tom Brady's amazing. I do want to ask, Mike, do you think that Tom Brady locked up the MVP in this game? No. No. Um, and we'll have to wait and see here in the next week or two. But Kyler Murray, even though he moved, you know he, uh, he missed three games, is still right there. I think Tom Brady has the lead. But Kyler Murray, unless he just has a terrible game or two here down the stretch, I think Kyler Murray is very much in it. Um, I will say what you were talking about, records when it comes to Tom Brady. Um, at what point do they just start taking every football he throws out of the game and put it in a can? Because <laughs> it just seems like every single throw, there's a new record. Yep. Or it's like, oh, yeah, now he's the leader. Next throw, he's the leader again. Next throw, he's the leader again. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous the amount of records he's breaking. But, yeah, I, I, I feel like Tom Brady is the leader in the MVP race right now. But Kyler Murray, I feel like, is right there behind him. Yep. Uh, I, I think... I think Tom Brady's, you know, I don't think he locked it up, but I think he definitely made himself a statement in this game. He went 31-46, 363 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they got off to a really hot start like you talked about. Bills end up coming back in this game, and it goes to overtime. The Bills can't, you know, do anything on their first drive. They punt. I think the ball was down at like the four-yard line, and the Buccaneers marched down the field. Uh, Tom Brady hit Brashad Perryman on a, on a 58, 56-yard touchdown pass, something like that to walk it off in overtime. And that was just such a cool moment. Tom Brady had a chance in the fourth quarter to lock the game to lock the 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 game up. Couldn't quite get it done. Matt Milano got himself a big sack there late. Uh but you cannot give Tom Brady too many chances to go win a game because we know he will go win a game if he's given the opportunity. Uh so for me he definitely did it did a number on, you know, his MVP candidacy. I do want to talk about the Bills though because um, listen, we know the Bucs are great, and this was a great win for them, and I, I think they're they're on the right track. But the Bills are are a team to me that I you know if I I would be concerned about if if I have any stock invested in the Bills and um, who have they really beat? If you really look at the schedule, and I know they've played really close with some good teams, and I think that that you can take some solace in that. But if you look at the teams, like they haven't really beaten a good team. The only good team they've really beaten is Kansas City, and that was when Kansas City was was struggling early on in the season, but they beat they, they lost to the Patriots, they lost to the Colts, they lost to the Titans. They as your daughter says good night to you. Good yeah. night. <laughs> they lost to the Titans. Uh, you know, they haven't their best win is really against Kansas City. And that was that was when Kansas City was at their least impressive. Uh, they have some opportunities late here in the season. They'll play Carolina. They play New England again. That's a huge matchup. Then they play Excited. Atlanta and New York and the New York Jets. Those are some opportunities for some wins. But to me, I think the Bills invested far too much on making Josh Allen carry this entire team on his back. I think we've seen other teams get into trouble. We've seen Kansas City get into trouble when they try to do that with Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, yes, you have a generational quarterback, a very talented quarterback, but it's very hard for a quarterback to win every single game by himself. And you had Josh Allen in this game. He threw for over 300 yards, threw over 50 passes, and then he had 100 yards on the ground, and no other running back on their team had more than four carries. And it's just, it's not sustainable in my opinion. They need to get a better run game. They need to take some of the load off Josh Allen. I don't know what your opinion is on that, but. No, no, I agree, Joe. That's a third team this year I've seen uh, this happen to. You know, the Chiefs putting everything on Patrick Mahomes. 
Um, the Bills putting everything on um, Josh Allen and also the Ravens putting everything on Lamar Jackson. And all three teams, I know the Chiefs are coming around now, but they have struggled at different points in this year. And I don't agree with you know teams doing that. Like you said, when, when you got your quarterback, your future guy, and you're just telling him, like, look, this is all on you. We literally cannot help you in any way. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure, especially when you're, you know, in the hunt for playoff, uh, for a playoff run. You can't be, you know, you can't be um, running the ball that that few, uh, that uh, that little of attempts. You got to get Josh Allen some help. Um, they do have, you know, they they do have some chances now, but um, also they're only they're only one game from being knocked out of the uh, the running for the playoffs. They're literally the seventh seed right now. Yep. Um, last week we were talking, or you were probably talking, you know, how they were. One went away from being like the number one team and they were the one seed in the AFC or the two seed. And now they're barely clinching on the seventh seed. So for the Bills, you know, it's um, a fight or flight mode right now. I will say for the Bucks, you know, Tom Brady at 44, he does lead um, in touchdown passes this year and in passing yards. So that is just an insane stat. So, you know, the Bucks fans um, are already looking towards the Super Bowl and the Bills fans are already looking for um their team did not even make the playoffs so kind of a tale of two stories going right there yeah 100 percent. two teams that kind of seem to be going i don't i don't know if i want to say opposite directions because i don't want to i don't want to panic on the bills or anything i'm not saying they're a bottom feeder team but they're a team with legitimate questions uh, definitely some real real questions to be asked and if they didn't make some crazy comeback in the second half of this game and this game was just a blowout i think there would be even louder questions for the bills but why don't we move on to the next game? And it was a game between two teams that now share the same record. It was the Cincinnati Bengals versus the San Francisco 49ers. This was another game that came right down to the wire. Um, and another overtime game. These 4 o'clock games really all just came right down to the wire. It was a really fun ending. But the Cincinnati Bang or sorry, the San Francisco 49ers pull out a 26-23 victory. Uh Jimmy G finishes 27 for 41, 296 yards, two touchdowns. George Kittle goes off in this game. He's 13 for 151 in a touchdown. He was unstoppable. Um, honestly, in my opinion, and I know you know this might be recency bias, I think George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL. I think, I think we, we kind of forgot about him. He was hurt there for a while. He was a little quiet for a while. George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL. Um, sorry, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. You know, all those other guys. George Kittle's number one. Um, but Joe Burrow also played really well in this game. 25 for 34, 348 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase also caught both of those touchdowns. So this was a good game. The, the Bengals kind of fell behind early. But like the Buccaneers uh, were able to, to make a comeback in this game uh, and nearly pull out the win, but they could not convert on a touchdown uh, on their first drive in overtime, they ended up just kicking a field goal. San Francisco then then comes down the field, and Brandon Ayuk scores a game-winning touchdown. But, Mike, what were your thoughts on this fun shootout between these two teams? Joe, just one name, and you already mentioned it, George Kittle. Man, can he take over a game? I was watching some highlights, and literally it was like the Niners are on offense, and all you saw was George Kittle with a catch, George Kittle with a catch, George Kittle with a catch. That man has been absolutely dominant. I would, yeah, I think it's almost safe to say that, you know, he's the best um, tight end in the game right now, um, not pushing, you know, Waller, Gronk, um, Kelsey far behind, but he is just absolutely dominant. And it shows when, when he's, when he's clicking him and Jimmy G, that offense is rolling. Debo Samuel had a good game. Um, it's just, yeah, that Niners team is one of them scrappy teams that 
if they make the playoffs, you probably don't want to play against them. You know, they're, they're you know once playoffs start, records reset. Don't matter what you you know were in the regular season. So these Niners, you know, they'll come get you. And you know, if you're the Bengals, I wouldn't be too overly concerned yet. But I mean, you know, Joe Burrow had a good game. Joe Mixon struggled again, and uh, Jamar Chase um, had a pretty decent game. But at the end of the day, I mean, going into overtime, you're the Bengals. You got to go down and score. You know, you got to you got to win that game. You know, they they played well enough there in the second half to win that game. Um, you don't want to give the the opponents another chance with the football. And you know, as it showed, the Niners went on to to win the game. But you know, all in all, it was a really uh, fun, entertaining game for sure. But um, you know, if yeah, like I said, if you're the Bengals. You know, you got to pull that one out because right now you're sitting, I believe, I, I think the Bengals are out of the wildcard race at the moment. So every game mm -hmm. for them is big for sure. Yep. They're another team that, you know, they got to pick up some big wins down the stretch. I do want to say, you know, obviously the 49ers won this game. Joe Burrow, he's such a badass. I literally have as one of my notes here in, in my notebook, just that Joe Burrow is a bad, is still a badass. I mean, that guy, listen, he's, you know, they got down big in this game. He's a guy, he's just got that winning mentality. And I talked about this on last week's episode uh, when I talked about Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert very much being a real debate. And Justin Herbert, he played incredible again this week. He looked really good. Uh, Joe Burrow was incredible in this game. And he didn't. He started off slow, but he reminds me, and I say, and I already said this last week, and I sa I've said this on multiple different occasions, he reminds me so much of Tom Brady. And that's not to say he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but just that mentality. Just a guy who, he has no fear whatsoever. Joe Burrow in a big spot. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to march it down the field. And he wants to, he just wants to win the game. And I know he didn't, he didn't pull it off in this game. They ended up only getting a field goal there in overtime. But I think this Bengals team, that a really important part of their, of their rebuild here. And I think they got their quarterback. They got to realize, they got to think, do we have the right head coach for this quarterback? Do we have the right team around this quarterback? Because I think their quarterback is a real dude. He's a real guy that, you know, they should, they can't screw this up. They can't be like one of these other teams that screw things up with their quarterback. You got to do right by him because to me, he is the real deal. And I'm so excited to watch the next 20 some years of Joe Burrow's career. If he can stay healthy, Lord willing, knock on wood, hopefully he'll be playing for a long time. But Joe Burrow looks awesome. And in the 49ers, you talked about, they're a team that's just not going to go down. They're going to fight every single week. Debo Samuel is their best running back, even though he's not a running back. Yeah. Uh, they, they run him, like, every week. I think he had, like, a few games a season, he has, like, one catch, but, like, eight carries for, like, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of yards. He had another huge handoff uh, or a huge run that he took for a big touchdown. So Debo Samuel is super awesome. Um, and this this 49ers team, they, they have a lot of winnable games here down the stretch. And they could be a team that absolutely crashed the playoffs uh, for other teams here. But Mike, which game do you want to talk about next? We'll talk about a little quicker, uh, you know, some of the remaining remaining games that we want to talk about. I mean, let's go to the the KCL uh, Las Vegas game. Um, like you said, it'll be a quick game to talk about. Not a whole lot going for Las Vegas. Um, it is overreaction Monday. So I, I'm going to say the Raiders are dead. With everything <laughs> they've been through this year, they are dead. That's um, not an overreaction. Thing, Unpopular opinion, not an overreaction. Okay, awesome. One thing you don't do is you go and stand in the uh, opponent's 50-yard uh, line logo. We saw that last yeah. year with the uh, Titans and Ravens. I don't get why the Raiders thought it was a good idea, like they were some team that's been absolutely dominant this year because they haven't yeah. at all. Um, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs showed them. Like, nope, we're not going to have that happen. 
Um, it was a, as Joe would say, a absolute shellacking. 48 <laughs> to 9. Um, Raiders really were not in this game from the opening, I think, play where they fumbled and the, the it got returned for a touchdown. So all in all, an embarrassing loss if you're the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, yeah, your defense played great, um, played really well, but that offense still does not seem like it's clicking. I mean, Travis Kelsey didn't do much this game. Tyreek Hill didn't do much this game. Patrick Mahomes had a, you know, he had a good game, but not like a, a Patrick Mahomes level game. He went um, 20 for 24, two touchdowns and 258 yards. So, you know, stats were really good. But I mean, I'm used to seeing Patrick Mahomes throw for 30, 40 times, 400 plus yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. So that offense still doesn't seem to be clicking all that well. I mean, they really didn't have to in this game. Their defense absolutely carried them. But um, we'll have to we'll have to wait until next week and the upcoming weeks to see if that offense can still get it figured out and get clicking again. But Joe, what were your thoughts on this embarrassing blowout? Yeah, I'm gonna say that if the Kansas City Chiefs played the Las Vegas Raiders every week, they would absolutely be all the way back because every time they play this team, they put up 40 points, they dominate. And it looks like the Chiefs are back. And I, I do agree with you. The offense, I don't think, is all the way quite back yet. I think they still got a ways to go. It still seems like they're figuring themselves out. But listen, when you play the Raiders as well as they do, and the Raiders just refuse to make any adjustments on defense, um, you know, the Chiefs are going to look like they're back. But uh, they looked well enough in this game. I think the Chiefs' defense, to me, has still been one of the more impressive I mean, look at look at the look at their score the scores last few weeks. I'm gonna look this up real quick because I, I talked about it last week, and I and I know like I know they're not, you know, playing. I'm not even gonna say they're not playing good team. The Raiders are a good offense. Let's yeah. not underestimate the Raiders. They're not a good team. They're a good offense, but they they allowed the uh, just nine points against the Raiders last last two weeks before. So three weeks in a row now, they've allowed nine points. Wow. So nine points, nine points to the Broncos, nine points to the Cowboys, fourteen points to the Raiders last time they played, seven points to the Giants, three points to the Titans, thirteen points to Washington. Like they, this defense has been unbelievable the last few weeks, and they've played some really good teams, uh, you know, or really good offenses. So, you know, that's the most impressive part to me. If this offense can get any semblance of what they used to be. I think the Chiefs could be a very, very scary team uh, down the stretch uh, in in this season, um, but we'll just have to wait and see because you know there's 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 some season left to go in the AFC. You know, there's not a lot of teams that are going away. It's a lot of teams, kind of, you know, centered around the the center of the pack there in the AFC playoff race. Um, but why don't we move on to the next game? And that's Sunday Night Football. Well, this will be the kind of the last game we talk about before we get into our next. A uh, few segments. Uh, the Packers and the Bears played in what was surprisingly a high-scoring shootout in this game. Um, Mike, how did we get to this final score? What, I think it was 45 to 30 in this game, something like that. Uh, how in the world did we get to to get to a 40-something to 30 uh, game in cold, freezing Lambeau Field? Well, Joe, I will say the Bears came out swinging. You know, I bet everyone in Lambeau Field figured this was going to be a 30 to 10 blowout. You know, Bears weren't going to do much. The Bears have been one of those teams this year that's like their record doesn't show, I think, how good their team is. They have a decent team. They have a, they have a pretty competitive team. But with the whole quarterback controversy at the beginning of the year, like Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, eventually they figured it out. You know, the Bears were up 
27-21 going into half, which in the second quarter alone, both teams combined scored for four, was it 45 points, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the Bears played really well. Um, head coach Matt Nagy, who I thought was getting fired like two or three weeks ago, um, said that they were just he was just having fun. They were having yeah. a good time. And from the opening kickoff of the second half, it fell apart for the Bears. You know, they only put up three points in the second half, whereas the Packers put up another 24 um, so all in all, um, Packers get a big win, um, looking, you know, like they should look, but I mean, if you're the bears, that's, you know, that's some bright spots, you know, Justin Fields looked, you know, absolutely great. Looked like he had a lot of heart out there, mm-hmm. um, playing hard all the way through it just didn't work out for them. But, you know, I think I was, I was pretty critical of Justin Fields early on in the season. I think, I think the bears got their guy. I think they need a new head coach. Um, I do not know why Allen Robinson just isn't doing anything. Yeah. But, um, I think, yeah, the bears are also one or two pieces away from being a a pretty legit team. Um, so at the end of the day, like I said, Packers get the win. I believe now they are what? 10 and three. Um, so, you know, they're, they're already, you know, basically a lock for the playoffs, but, uh, all in all good win for the Packers. But, uh, what do you got on this game, Joe? Yeah, the Packers are ten and three now. They're right there with the Arizona Cardinals. If the Cardinals lose here on on uh, Monday Night Football, the Packers have the head-to-head advantage, so they'll be the n- new number one seed in the NFC. So a big-time victory for the Packers. And you talk about Justin Fields, and I'm I, I'm absolutely in on Justin Fields. It sounds weird, you know. I'm a Michigan fan. He played at Ohio State. He destroyed the Michigan Wolverines at Ohio State. But I've always been a fan of Justin Fields. Uh, in the draft process, I thought he was he was honestly my favorite quarterback in that draft class. I, w- I won't say he was the best quarterback, but he was my favorite quarterback um, in in that class. And I think he has the highest upside out of all the quarterbacks uh, in this past draft class. And I'm excited for him. I think they absolutely got their guy. Um, you know, and, and it was an exciting start for them. But yeah, they're going to start over. They're going to get a new head coach. And the Packers, they're a team that, listen, they just win every week. No excuses um, they just they go out and win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is looking better and better every single week. Another team, I think there's going to be some really fun matchups, especially in the NFC. If we see the Buccaneers versus the Packers again, you know, all these teams, the the Cardinals, all these teams peaking at the right time. I think there's going to be some seriously really fun clashes um, in the NFC and and potentially in the AFC as well and uh, around playoff time. But that'll sort of wrap up some of the big games. Why don't we talk about our biggest winners? and losers from week 14 of the NFL season. Mike, who do you have as your biggest loser from week 14, whether it be a player or a team or or whatever? Who's your biggest loser? Joe, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, oh, you right. know, last week, um, not being able to, stay, uh, uh, to pull out a win on a team who only threw the ball three times at home. You know, the Bills were at home. I know that the conditions were unfair. Still getting absolutely embarrassed. And then this week, getting absolutely embarrassed again. In warm temperature, you know, the end of the game, I don't think dictates how the game went at all. I think Tampa Bay got uh, very lazy at the end there. But yeah, no, the Bills now are right there in the seventh seed. They're one game away from being knocked out of the playoff run. And, you know, if you're Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, you got to figure it out. You got to get that offense going. Defense has played okay. But yeah, no, if you're a Bills fan, it's time to worry because, you know, even looking past this season, like, uh, I feel I felt like this year was a year that the Bills put it together after last year. You know, they made a pretty deep run. And then, you know, to come out and play the way they have, um, especially only being two and four, 
And their last, I think, is a six games. Yeah, no, Bills are Bills are my biggest loser. Yeah, and you you talked about the game against the Patriots, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about this because it was happening uh, last week, and when I was on the podcast on my, uh, by myself, uh, and and it was happening during the podcast, so I didn't I didn't really talk about it. And you talk about it being kind of unfair with the weather. Well, listen, the weather was the same for both teams, and the Patriots yeah. figured it out. Patriots ran the ball really well, and if you're the you know the Bills, got to get a run game. Because Absolutely. if you get a run game, you're right there in that game. And they were right there in that game. It wasn't a blowout by any means. But, you know, you're allowed to run the ball as well. And now, you know, perfect conditions like you talk about in Tampa Bay, you know, you still got blown don't out in the first the half. Yeah, you don't run the ball. And, you know, this, you know, you're allowed to run as well. So I, I don't want to hear those excuses from Bills fans. Yeah. Like, oh, it was the weather. It was the weather. The weather was the same for the Patriots. They didn't have weather turned off on their game. It was the same. But yeah, I, I I think that's that's a good point. Uh, the Bills as your biggest loser, my biggest loser from Week 14 has got to be. Oh, this is actually tough. I have two. I'm gonna go with two because I have two really really I good like options here. First up, I'm gonna go with the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. You cannot dance on the logo if you're gonna if you're gonna be down 35 to nothing to start the game. You cannot do that. I mean, you you cannot look like more of a loser than doing that, dancing on the logo, whatever they're doing on the logo, to go down 35 to nothing. And then my other biggest loser, this is probably the biggest loser of the whole NFL season, and it's head coach Urban Meyer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Our boy, Urban Meyer. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the stuff that came out about him this week. He took his, he, he, you know, wrangled up his staff and, and, basically was calling his staff, you know, the staff that he hired, calling them losers, asking them what's on their resume, you know, and and saying that he's a winner and they're all losers. And there's rumors coming out that the players just don't like him. And I don't know, it looks really, really ugly there in Jacksonville for Urban Meyer. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and the fans, get it figured out. I mean, this is bad. I mean, especially yep. as a head coach, like you can't be doing that. You got to get the team together, not separate and pull them apart. And that's exactly what Urban Meyer's doing. And he's done since I think it was like week four when he decided to go to a bar and have a little fun <laughs> with some ladies, you know? He just I, isn't knew a you team gonna find, I knew you were going to find a way to bring that up again. Yeah, I, just, just, I just knew it. <laughs> just not a team player, Joe. Not a team um, player. Big L, right. big L for Urban Meyer. Big L. And why don't we wait? Why don't we get onto some W's? Who's your biggest winner from Week 14? Joe, I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Browns. I think even right. if Lamar plays this game, I still think the Browns win the game. Um, I don't know. You know, to get a uh, division win um, and not only be one game behind the Ravens, and if they can sneak out another one or two wins, they could be sitting on top of that division for sure. So it's a big win for the Browns. Um, I'm excited to see if they can continue to winning. I think it was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I kind of wrote them off. I was like, Browns ain't going anywhere. Bench Baker, you know, get them healthy and not look at them. You know, they're right back in the race. So big, big win for the th- the Cleveland Browns. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the with, with Tom Brady. I'm going to say he's the biggest winner from week, four, week 14. Um, listen, he broke all those records we talked about. Uh, also... You know, he. I think he he really took a next step in the MVP race. I think I think my prediction. I don't think it's wrapped up yet, but my prediction is he's going to be the oldest MVP in sports history uh, this year. At There's 44. another football. On, there goes another football in the cannon. Canton. Yep, another one, another one. Let's go put it in Canton. Uh, yep, he's going to be the oldest MVP. I think this was the week that he 
that we're going to look back and say, hey, he separated himself. That huge game-winning pass to Brashad Perryman, I think, is going to be you know, the play that we remember as this is when Tom Brady took that final step towards winning MVP. So to me, he is the biggest winner from this week. Well, why don't we move on to our next segment? It's a little fun segment. Well, I shouldn't say fun yet. We don't know if it's fun yet. Hopefully, we can make it fun. I think but, it's terrible. Uh, it's, it's awful. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll just skip it. But no, I'm just kidding. What uh, we're gonna, you know, it's we're we're at week 14. There's just four weeks left in the in the NFL season. It's playoff time. It's crunch time. You know, this is where the teams get separated. The contenders, the pretenders, they get separated. And right around now is when you need guys to step up you need coaches to step up you need quarterbacks to step up you need you know everybody everybody needs to step up because this is do or die time so we're just going to throw out a couple players coaches you know teams whatever uh people who need to step up here in the final four weeks of the season and i'm going to start things off um with Dak prescott to me He's a guy that we have just thrown roses at here on the podcast. We love Dak Prescott. We've talked about it on many occasions. We think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Well, it's time to start playing like a top five quarterback in the NFL if you're Dak Prescott. And he hasn't been the same since the injury. I understand he was injured, and I hope that he's healthy. I hope that he's not struggling with an injury, but he has not been the same since coming back. Right now he's averaging averaging just over 200 yards per game since coming back, uh, just over a touchdown per game, but also an interception per game. And he's a guy, whoa, as Odell Beckham breaks off a huge play in the Rams game, he's having himself a good game. He had a touchdown earlier on. Anyways, Dak Prescott, and he's made some throws the last few weeks where it's like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Like just unbelievable throws. I can think of a few throws against the Raiders on Thanksgiving where they lost where my jaw was on the floor, but you need more consistency because there's just moments where it's just the offense goes into a lull. They can't get off this, you know, they can't get off the ground and they need Dak Prescott to step up. And if you want to be that elite quarterback, you got to step up and, you know, get some convincing wins here near the end. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Mike. No, Joe, I a hundred percent agree. You know, we've been so high on Dak Prescott. Um, and you know, the, with the Cowboys this year, if you look, most teams started off a little rough and then found their groove and have been just absolutely dominant. Whereas the, the Cowboys started off strong and have just been kind of fizzling. And I really hope it's not how they enter the playoffs uh, as cold as they are. Zeke's been struggling. But yeah, no, Dak Prescott really needs to take command of the team because they have the talent on offense. With Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard was injured, but if he comes back, they got Pollard. Um, they got Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, um, Dalton, is it? Dalton Schultz, I believe, yep, as Dalton tight end. Schultz, and yep. CeeDee Lamb. Can't forget about CeeDee Lamb. Absolute pl- beast playmaker. Mm-hmm. So Dak's got everything he needs. He just needs to put it together. Um, for, for my player that needs to step it up, it's it's Tyree Kill. I, I've been saying okay. that the, the Chiefs offense has been struggling, and he is part of it. You know, he's, I think, had six balls off his fingertips that have gone for interceptions, um, which if you're a wide really? receiver, if, the, if that ball touches your hand, you catch that football. Yeah. Um. In his last two games, the uh, the Chiefs have won forty eight to nine. He had four catches for eighty yards, which you know isn't that bad. And then the the week before, they played the uh, the Broncos. They won twenty two to nine. He had two catches for twenty two yards. So you know that's six catches for right around a hundred yards. Um. And we're used to seeing Tyreek Hill put up eight catches for one hundred and fifty yards a game. 
Yeah. And so his production these last few weeks has been it's been pretty rough. So Tyreek needs to hold on to the ball, catch the ball, and he just needs to become a playmaker again because he's just been absolutely quiet as uh, you know as well as Travis Kelsey. He's been pretty quiet this year. So they really need to step it up for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's a really good pick. Uh, we're Honorable mention to Joe Mac- Mixon. He's also been struggling uh, yeah. <laughs> these past it, it, few weeks. Yeah, if you got more you want to throw out, I got a few more I'll I'll throw out too. So if you got more, just absolutely throw them out. Um, no, I got Joe Mixon. He's been struggling these last two weeks. You know, you were talking about Joe Burrow being an absolute stud. He needs his running back. He needs the running game to help set up play action. Um, and you can see these last two games, they've had no running back and they've absolutely just been... It's, even though they only almost beat the Niners, they got shellacked by the Chargers the week before. They need Joe Mixon to be there. Yep. Um, but yeah, who else you got? Yeah, I got. I, I like. I like your Tyreek Hill pick. I, I. I didn't even really think about that. That's a really good. You know, teams are selling out to stop Travis Kelsey, and if that's happening, Tyreek needs to take that next step. He needs to make those big plays that we're used to seeing him. And Joe Mixon, that's a really good pick as well. He's been struggling the last few weeks. To me, I'm going to go back to the quarterback position. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins. He needs to step up these next four weeks. And I will say, listen, he's played really well. I looked at it, went and looked at his box scores. And obviously, box scores not everything. But I went and looked at you know the last few games. He's playing well. His stats on the year are really, really good. Now, he did struggle against the Steelers in that win. He didn't play all too well. I think he finished, he finished 14 for 31, 216 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. I thought it was one of his worst games on the season. Uh, and that worries me because, yes, he's played well this season, but we've seen him fizzle out when when they really need him. When things really matter, he cannot get the job done. On primetime games, he can't get the job done. He's got two huge primetime games coming up. This Monday, he's playing the Chicago Bears. And I, you know, you're thinking, oh, the Bears are not a good team. Listen, they're, not, they're, they're a better team than I think people give them credit for, and they're going to give... Minnesota, all they can handle. I, I, I'll, I'll bet you that much. I'm gonna say, you know, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna give them a run for their money. They might even win. Who knows? We'll see in my pickups what I think about that. But you gotta win on prime time. I mean, he stinks on prime time every single year. When, when they really need him, he, he just, can't, he won't step up. I need him to step up here and, and take this team to the playoffs. They're right on the fringes of the playoffs. They're right there out the, on the outside looking in. And then in week 17, they play on Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. I know they already beat the Packers earlier this season. If you want to, you want to get a lot of respect, Kirk Cousins, go and sweep the Packers. That's how you get a ton of respect. So for me, Kirk Cousins is is somebody that really needs to step up these next four weeks. No, Joe, that's absolutely right. And um, I'm going to go over to a coach real quick while you're talking about Kirk Cousins. And uh, I'm going to go with Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer okay. needs to step it up because... Um, even though they're six and seven, they're still in the race. They're like one game out. They're right there on the verge of making it in the playoffs. They are three and four in their last seven games since their bye week. Um, and the crazy thing in those seven games, Joe, they have outscored their opponents and they've only won three games. Like I'm not <laughs> saying like if you add up totals, it's only, I think one or two points, but if you're outscoring your opponents through a seven game stretch, you would think you'd have more than three wins. Yeah. So their defense is just playing way too soft. You know, they get these leads and then they're like, they get comfortable and then they allow the other team to make a run, come back. And when one team's hot coming back in the fourth quarter, they're going to stay hot. Whereas you were cooling off. So trying to relight that flame, just it ain't going to happen. Um, you know, the, the Vikings are the team this year. That's all about moral victories. You know, we were so close in this game. We were so close in that yeah. game. 
If we score 10 more points, we are like undefeated at this point. I'm sorry, but moral victories do not count in the win column. Absolutely. You have to close out games. So Mike Zimmer really needs to step it up and uh, and get control of his team because they should honestly be an eight or nine win team this season with how well Kirk Cousins and that offense have played. Yep. And I feel kind of bad that we're, you know, harping on the Vikings after they got a win this week. But listen, it was a win where you were up big and you almost blew the game. So you can't always play in these games where it's just unconvincing. And, you know, let, let, let's go out and let, let's put together a good 60 minutes of football and let, let's win some big games here down the stretch if you're Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you have any more. I have a couple more I can quickly run through here. You got some more. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say any Bills running back needs to step up. Any Bill, any of them. I don't, it doesn't matter. Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, Zach Moss. I don't care. We talked about it. The Bills don't have a run game. Josh Allen needs help, man. He cannot do it himself. It's he. He was in a walking boot after this pre after this past game. Uh, you know he's injured. He's not going to be the same guy running the ball. He, you cannot allow your quarterback to take a beating like this every week. I don't care if Josh Allen is as big as a moose. Okay, I don't. I don't care. He needs help. You. You know it's not sustainable to take hits like he does uh, in games and, and and to get him to put himself in harm's way. So I need one of the Bills running backs to step up because they need a running game. They're going to play the Patriots again in a few weeks. You know the Patriots are going to be running the ball. So, that, you know, I need I need a Bills running back to step up. Joe, to uh, to feed off of that while we're on the topic, I got the Bills just in general. Yeah. The Bills need to step it up. Like I said, Sean McDermott, um, Josh Allen, the entire running back uh, squad, just everyone on that Bills team, you know, you got to get your team going. I mean, you've lost two weeks in a row, and both games have been – in my opinion, embarrassing. I know Micah Hyde and uh, what's uh, Poyer's. I can't remember Poyer's first name Jordan now. Poyer. Jordan Poyer. There it is. Them two absolutely were frustrated and annoyed by that reporter calling it embarrassing. But, I mean, you've, you've had two embarrassing games now. And you just need to get it going. You're, you're one of the better teams in the AFC for sure. You should not be a seven seed by any means. You should be at least a five seed at worst. So the entire Bills team... Turn yeah, it around. It's, it, it's it's easy. Sorry to interrupt, but it's easy no, to it's easy to you know win games when you're the team that nobody expects to win. But listen, expectations were high this year. It's a whole different animal to win when you have high expectations, and the Bills are not living up to those expectations this season. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's the thing. I was actually going to say the same thing. I was going to say, you know, when teams don't expect you to win. You know, it's it's pretty easy to find them wins, but when you're expected to win and you're expected to be the top dog, they were only the top dog in the AFCs for like one was it one year, yeah, one and a half season. years. I mean, if you if you've been wanting this, if you've been tired of seeing the Patriots be up there, compete and be up there. I mean, yep. last year they, they had a really yeah, last year they had a talented team, but I mean the Patriots were all over the place. The Dolphins had a really talented team. And this year, you know, they're just they're not they're not proving. You know, they want to be that top dog and they're just not proving it. And they got a big showdown with the Pats. We've talked about a few times. If the Patriots win that game, I'm sorry. If the Patriots win that game, I'm sorry for you Bills fans. I think the Bills are going to be dead. Because, I mean, at that point, their season's almost over. Um, so, Bills, you need to step it up in these upcoming weeks. And before you get to your your um, your last one or two, I got one more. And then I'm out of uh, people that need to step up. And I got the Cowboys as a team as well. To start the season, they were really hot. Um, but... You know, after these past two weeks, they barely were able to notch out a win against the Saints who cannot figure out who's their starting quarterback every other week. 
And, you know, this last week, they barely notched out a win against, you know, the Washington football team who had to replace Taylor Heineke midway through the game. So if you're the if you're the Cowboys, you need to get it going. Dak Prescott needs to get it going. That offense needs to get it going. And your defense, I mean, they played pretty well. Michael Parsons had a really good game. But you also need to you need to play a little bit a little bit better, in my opinion. Um uh, get the offense, you know, more chances, even though they did in this game. But um, yeah, no, the Cowboys and as a whole need to just step up and become what they were four or five weeks ago. Yep, they have all the talent to be one of the best best teams in the NFC. So you know, I I want them to be a team that just finally you know takes that next step and becomes like a number one or two seed in the NFC. Take that next step. And one more point I want to make on the Cowboys and specifically Dak Prescott that I didn't get to before. Zeke Elliott, we talked about how he's been struggling lately. He is so injured. Like that guy, you can tell him running the ball. He looks like Tom Brady running the ball right now. He is so slow, and like you can tell he's hurt. So that's even more reason for Dak Prescott to step up. They need him right now. And he's got all the weapons to do it. He's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Dalton Schultz, like you said. You know, he's got all these weapons. Michael Gallup, he would be a number one receiver on on any other team, really. Um, you know, he, he's got the weapons. Dak needs to sp- step up, and the rest of the Cowboys need to step up. I did like their defense this week. They made some big plays. And with Dexter Lawrence now back um, and um, – Sorry, Demarcus Lawrence, not Dexter Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence back, and Randy Gregory was making plays this game. Hopefully they can take the next step in the next few weeks. But my final people that need to step up, it's literally anybody in the AFC. Just step up. Somebody somebody go and take that number one seat. And maybe it's your Patriots, Mike. Maybe they will. Maybe this last week was when they, they, they went and they took that next step, and they're going to take the number one seat. Somebody's got to do it because there's, I'm, I don't, <laughs> listen, I love parody. I love the fact that any team can, you know, take any team that can win the Super Bowl, whatever. Somebody's got to step up. I got to be able to figure something out in this, in this conference. Somebody step up in the AFC, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent with that. I do enjoy the competitiveness of this NFL season for sure. You know, with them adding them extra playoff slots, it's just, you you can see every team is fighting hard. It's not like okay, we have five wins. Let's just rebuild for next year. Like those five win teams right now are still playing hard. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to watch. But I agree. You know, step it up. If it's the Patriots, if it's the Chiefs, I don't think the Titans are going to step it up. But I've heard rumors that you know Derrick Henry's making a comeback. You know, he could make yeah. it back before the end of the season, which would really boost the Titans. Um. So yeah, any one of those teams really needs to get it going because you you know if you look at the NFC, there's one or two teams that are just at the top. And then everyone else is just one or two games below them. But, you know, they're the next level teams. Whereas in the AFC, there's like all seven teams going into the playoffs right now are the, are at the top in the AFC. So, yep. you know, hopefully somebody's got to step out. up. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's got to do it. And I'm, I'm hoping it's the Patriots, but <laughs> they got a big game coming up against Colts. That'll be a fun one to watch on Saturday. Yep, that will be a really fun game. But speaking of the next week of games, why don't we move on to our final segment, move on to our pickums? Uh, this week, week 15 in the NFL season, and it starts off with Thursday night football, one of the best Thursday night football games on paper that we've had in the last few weeks. It, it finally getting some good primetime games it's again. About it feels like time. Yeah, it feels like there's been some some garbage primetime games lately. But you know, the Vikings and Steelers had a pretty good game last week, and now this week we got the Chiefs. Going into SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Chargers. 
in a huge game to decide potentially who could be the winner of the AFC West. Uh, I'm so looking forward to this game. It's going to be, I hope it's, it's a really fun game. I hope it's not a blowout. Um, Mike, who do you, who do you got in this game? I think this is the first time the Chiefs have an actual challenge in the past three or four weeks. Um, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Chargers. I've said at the beginning of the year, um, they're winning the division. And if they win this game, they're now the leader in the division. I'm not saying the Chiefs are by any means a walk in the park. I think this is going to be a nail biter. It's going to come down to like a one to three point game. But I'm going to rock with the Chargers, Joe. All right. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, I I see people saying, oh, the Chargers are going to go out. And I was listening to a podcast and some guy was totally convinced the Chargers were going to destroy the Chiefs. And I'm like, how much longer are we going to do this with the Chiefs? Like, eventually, they're going to step. Like Their defense has been playing so good. I don't think people understand. This defense is playing at a really high level. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game uh, and, and reclaim that top spot uh, in the AFC West. But then we have Saturday games for the first time. We're finally into that. Um, they're not finally. This season's gone by really fast. I shouldn't say finally, but we're at Brings that. Brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, it does. It's it's really gone by so quick. Um, but we're on to the Saturday games um, in the NFL season. It starts off in Cleveland. The Raiders go into Cleveland to play the Browns, and I'm going to take the Browns in this game. I think the Raiders are, you know, they're they're on a the vibes are bad. Vibes are bad in Las Vegas. Who you got in this game? We said it all year, Joe. The vibes are just bad in L in the in the Las Vegas. So we're gonna go with the Cleveland Browns. I feel like they're gonna catch a bit of a heater, hopefully going into the playoffs. Hopefully. Uh and then on to the night game on Saturday, and it's your New England Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts. This is another good game. I think this could be a really, really good game between two teams that I think are getting hot here at the right time who you got in this game joe i'm gonna go with the pay uh the patriots for sure and they got the colts as two point favorites in this game so wow like really that's, that's something to look at that is a little surprising i know the colts are the home team that is kind of surprising that they're a two, two point favorite however i'm taking the colts in this game uh, good pick. listen the patriots they gotta lose at some point i'm not saying that they're a bad team by any means i think both these teams are good and I don't totally believe in Carson Wentz yet, but I think the Colts are a, a well-rounded team. I think Jonathan Taylor could be could make some problems for what what is you know an okay Patriots um, run defense. I think their pass defense is better than their run defense, but that's absolutely. But uh, you know I think Jonathan Taylor could have himself a big game. So I'm going to pick Indianapolis to finally end this Patriots winning streak. Uh, but then we move on to the Sunday games. And we'll start off with the New York Jets facing off against my Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win, coming off a bye week, uh, win their sixth in a row. Who you got in this game, Mike? Joe, I'm also going to go with the Miami Dolphins. You know, as much as I would like to also say that your team's got to lose at some point. <laughs> I, I, I've been high on the Dolphins these past few weeks, and I think they're going to make a bit of a run, which they've already done. But I'm going to go with Miami. All right, and then on to... Carolina versus the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take the Bills. We, we you know we were really hard on them on this episode, but I think this is a good bounce back spot for the Bills. I'm also going to rock with the Bills, but if somehow they find a way to lose this game, their season is over, Joe. It's yep. just done. That would be a disaster of a loss for the Bills. Then on to a game that whew, this is the toilet bowl, the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Uh, I'm going to pick the Texans. I think the Jaguars are the hotter of the hot messes. Yeah, I agree. I think nobody wants to play in, uh, in Jacksonville, so we're going to rock with the, the Texans as well. All right, and then on to Tennessee versus Pittsburgh. Who you got in this game? Give me Pittsburgh. Really? Um, I, know th- I know they didn't do much against the Vikings in like the first half, but they really came back, and I feel like Mike Tomlin really lit a fire under uh, Claypool's rear end there, and I think the Steelers are going to come out hot and swinging. Listen, I'm surprised you picked that because I picked the Steelers as well in this game. Wow. To win. Yeah, that's, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I think they match up well against the Titans. I think the Titans' offense has been pretty bad, honestly, the last few weeks. Nobody's really stepping up there. So give me Pittsburgh in this game. And then Arizona at Detroit. Uh, I mean, give me the Cardinals. Who you got in this game? Yeah, give me the Cardinals. Give me a 40-point uh, favorite for the Cardinals because it's just <laughs> going to be ugly. All right, and then on to Dallas versus the Giants. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. They better win this game. Cowboys have to win. If they lose this game, they're just giving Philadelphia and Washington a chance. Mm-hmm. And then on to, speaking of Washington and Philadelphia, Washington playing in Philadelphia. Uh, who you got in this game, Mike? Give me Jalen Hurts. I'm hoping he comes back because I need him in fantasy, but give me Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. All right, I'm taking the Eagles as well. And then on to Cincinnati at Denver. Um, this is a game, you know, two teams that, you know, well, I was going to say they both got wins. I keep thinking the Bengals got a win, but they didn't get a win. Two teams that have had some good wins and also have had some tough losses. I'm going to pick the Bengals to win in this game in Denver. Uh, who you got in this game, Mike? The Broncos just don't scare me anymore. Um, I will say rest in peace to, uh, Demarius Thomas, yes. some sad news in Denver. Uh, but we're going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Okay. I do want to, yeah, why don't we take a quick moment just to talk about Demarius Thomas. I didn't, we don't really go over news anymore in, in, in this ep, in this podcast just because there's so much, you know, games to talk about. But I do want to talk a little bit about Demarius Thomas. Uh, and Mike, what was your reaction? Obviously sadness, but, um, you know, where were you or like what, what was your reaction when you saw that Demarius Thomas uh, unfortunately passed away at the age of 33 this past week? I thought it was fake. I was on Instagram and I saw breaking and then I saw it was Demarius Thomas. So I clicked on it and it said he passed and I thought it was one of them fake burner accounts. So of course I jumped on Google and sure enough, I saw it and I was like, I was just, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, that man is a legend in Denver. Um, whether it was with Tim Tebow or Peyton Manning, you know, he was one of their best receivers. Um, if not the best receiver for the Broncos in that stretch of years. So it, I was just incredibly sad, especially at 33. Like he's yeah. so young. I, um, it just it it just goes to show you know uh, every day is not guaranteed so you gotta take advantage of every minute. One hundred percent, you got it. You really gotta live life to the fullest because you never know. I mean, he's thirty three. He you know had it all going for him, and it is it's so sad. And uh, I just my my memory of Demarius Thomas, obviously that that huge touchdown from Tim Tebow. That's one yep. of the greatest NFL moments of all time. I mean that that moment will go down in history. Uh, Demarius Thomas. Such a such a solid, like legitimately one of the best receivers in the NFL w- during that time when Peyton Manning was there. You know the trio of him, Eric Decker, and Wes Welker. Oh, and then you throw and in then you Ma- Julius Thomas. Yeah, Julius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders was there in Denver yep. as well. I mean, those guys were so good, and Demarius Thomas was honestly the best of all of those guys. Um, and he was, I think, an underrated receiver. Uh, a f- phenomenal person from all the things that I saw, you know, that he did with kids, um, you know, just, you know, he had a great quote and I wish I had it on me, but just saying how, like, you know, how kids, you know, you need to, you know, you know, 
the, the things that you need to encourage, you know, kids with, and, and just all these things. Like he didn't have those opportunities and just it seemed like he was such a, a tremendous person. So incredibly, incredibly sad. And it was so nice to see Denver, um, you know, do what they did this past week with the, with the 88 stickers and, and, and the 88 on the field and the, and the players, you know, they, they won in a blowout and going, putting the ball on the, on the 88 logo. That was really incredible to watch. So rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. It's honestly so, so sad. Um, you know, waking up to that news, I was so bummed out because watching Demarius Thomas was really like the prime of my, you know, when I really, really started to get into football and when I really started to get, you know, into a point where, I am now where it's like I'm I'm you know covering football and doing the doing the the podcast and I probably you know he's part of the reason that I'm even doing this is because you know players like him and so rest in peace to Demarius Thomas and obviously prayers to his whole family and and, and friends and everybody involved but let's move on to the next game and it's Atlanta at San Francisco um, I'm gonna pick San Francisco Atlanta is just a uh, they're just a bad team. Yeah, no, um, we're going to go with San Francisco as well. George Kittle just seems to be unstoppable right now. Yep, and then on to a divisional matchup, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got in this game, Mike? We're going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm sorry, Seattle. Your your winning streak's got to come to an end. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick the Rams as well. They're playing well against the Cardinals right now, uh, and I think it's it's time they start winning some games here down the stretch. And then on to Green Bay versus Baltimore. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson can play in this game. Uh, either way, whether it's Lamar Jackson or not, I'm picking Green Bay in this game. Mike, who you got? Absolutely. I'm going to rock with Aaron Rodgers as well. All right, and then on to New Orleans at Tampa Bay, another divisional matchup. The Saints won the last meeting between, and they've Tom Brady has yet to beat the Saints in a regular season game. He did beat them in the playoffs, but in a regular season game, in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform, uh, I'm going to say he does it this week. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win this game. Uh, Joe, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. As much as I want to pick the Saints, but due to that stat, the, the team just isn't it right now. Absolutely. And then on to the final game of the week, uh, Monday Night Football, Minnesota <laughs> versus Chicago. Mike, who you got on Monday Night Football? Give me Chicago, Joe. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, they, no, I'm serious. Give me Chicago. Um, they put up a big fight against the, the Packers, and I hope they, they can feed off of it. Vikings just have been way too inconsistent this year for me to pick them. I, I want to, and to be honest, if you pick the Vikings, they're going to win 40-3. to three. Um, That's just how it works. But yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, rock with the Bears. Listen, man, I, the reason I was so stunned is because I picked the Bears as well. Every one of these picks that I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of going off the norm here. You're picking the same way, so it's just like, okay, maybe I'm not as special as I thought I was. Joe, it just goes to show how you know how truly uh, talented we are as reporters and as <laughs> yeah. analysts. Like we we know where to go. Yes, we know what we're doing. We have the same brain. We're very much you know we're in sync. Me and you have this very chemistry. Much. It's undeniable. Um, but listen, oh, real quick before we move on, uh, I I forgot to say how we did last week. I I gotta get my plug in here no, real quick. No, we I, can I, move I, on. I, I, I gotta get it in, Mike. I gotta get it in. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm, I went ten and three last week. I'm not gonna lie. I went ten and three. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I move on to one twenty three eighty three and one. Feeling pretty hot. Uh, Mike, uh, how did how did you how did you uh do this do this last week? 
I want to say I went eight and five. You did go um, eight and five. <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought I went eight and five. I don't know. I actually don't know what that puts me at. I think yeah. I'm like a 118. Yep, 118, 88, and one. So I have a five-point yep. lead on you, Mike. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just better at this. You know, you, I know we're in sync and we have this chemistry, but, you know, one of us has got to be the better pick'em guy. And, you know, I'm, I'll take it if, if you want me to. 100% Joe, but if you do realize that I picked the Lions like eight times this year <laughs> and it wasn't for that, I would be beating you. That's very fair. You have been on the Lions. You've been on Motor City Dan this whole time. Uh, and <laughs> I think the one, the, their one win, you didn't pick them I that week, right? I did not pick them. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. That's kind of been the story of the pickums, especially. Well, I only have a five-point lead, but I was going to say especially for you this season. Uh, that's really good. Um, it hurts. Well, that kind of wraps things up, Mike. Unless you have anything else you want to say. Uh, um, I mean, go watch Man in the Arena. Uh, I started watching that. And oh, yeah. Tom Brady really knows how to put on a football show. It's so entertaining. Really? I'll, I'll have to check that out. Where do you watch that on? Uh, it's on ESPN+. Plus. Shout out to the sponsor, you know. ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, it's sponsored by ESPN+. Plus. Um, all right, yeah. Go watch Man in the Arena. Um I don't have really I don't have anything else to say. Mike, this was a really fun episode. I enjoyed it. Had some fun talking football. Great having you back on the pod. It's not it's just not the same doing it by myself. So it's good to have you back. Um, it's good to be here, Joe. Good good to have you. And uh listen, we're coming up to the end of the NFL regular season. The playoffs are just around the corner. Holy smokes, that was a huge touchdown pass to Van Jefferson. I I just saw it. I thought that was I thought that was Odell. I was about to freak out if that was Odell, but no, it was Van Jefferson. What a throw by Matthew Stafford! Holy smokes! This is gonna be a fun. This is gonna be a fun finale. Yeah, man, the, we gotta we gotta get the heck out of here and watch this game. Uh, I'm. I mean, sorry to you uh, listeners out there, but <laughs> yeah. I think I'm ready to. Tune yeah, we into gotta this one. go. Playoffs are right around the corner. Looking forward to it. A lot of fun games still yet to be played, but until no, I can't. I can't do that part yet. I gotta say, for Mike. For JT behind the mic, for myself, make sure you guys rate us five stars. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you support us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore average Joe show for all three of us and for all the listeners, for all the supporters of the show. We really appreciate it. We will catch you guys on the next one.